Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks, Grant. Evening, everyone. Good to uh, be out tonight again. Um, as Grant was saying, um, for the event tomorrow night for the Soul of the Nation, we'd really love to encourage you to go. One of the things just to say, if you would love to go, and transport is an issue, we would we would love you to be there. So if, if, if that's you, give your name to the guys at the back as well, and we'll try and arrange something for you. I'm sure there'll be some cars going up. We'll speak to someone to see if there's a lift or anything that can happen with that. We would just love to see many people up there, as many as possible, um, which would be great. If you were here this morning, um, Phil, as he usually is, was on fire this morning, um, just for the sharing and his teaching of the Word. Um, you know that what we're doing today, um, especially as we're trying to look ahead to, to next Sunday, next Sunday morning, predominantly we're going to be uh, sharing just our what we feel the Lord's laid on our hearts with regards vision for the upcoming season. And so this morning, um, Phil just was looking ahead to that, forecasting a little bit towards vision, giving a bit of a charge towards it. And tonight I want to do the same. I want to kind of dovetail it. Um, I, what we had done over the last while was um, in what we've been doing in the evening times, but through the Sermon on the Mount, we, we had one final passage that we had never explored in Matthew chapter 7. And as I was reading it during the week, I just felt that there's a word on it in terms of just even looking ahead to where we're going with regards vision. Why we, uh, next Sunday morning, will be sharing, Phil mentioned it this morning briefly, we're going to be uh, reimagining what our practices will be as a church. We feel that there's something that we want to call ourselves together to commit to as the people of God. And so tonight, I just thought we could use the final part of the Sermon on the Mount just so that we could wrap that and close it off, but also as well so that we could look uh, and really just uh, look ahead to what God is saying. So if you have Bibles with you tonight, we are in Matthew chapter 7. Um, we are going to be verses 24 to 29, and they'll be on the screen, um, but let, let's just read these together. So it says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Any of you ever remember, think back to your Sunday school days, you're growing up, do you remember the song that we used to sing to this one? Remember the, the wise man built his house, yes. And you know when the rains came down and the floods went, yeah. And we used to, we used to completely go, whoop, it's as loud as you could. It sounded a bit like Jacqueline in worship on a Sunday. And uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we always used to do this. And remember the other songs you used to do as well, like the Deep and Wags, you love to beat the people that were next to you as well. There were always these songs that we just loved being able to do. And the thing was about <laughs> thinking about it during the week, this song that we just loved singing because it was so much fun, the words that Jesus actually says in this, they're probably some of the most serious words that Jesus is trying to get across. And what I would love us to do tonight, this is my prayer, just Holy Spirit, would you help us to grasp the seriousness 
of, of what you're trying to say, of what you're saying to each of us individually. Even if these are words, some of them that we might have heard before, help us to hear what you are saying. As I said, it's been a while. It's been a while actually since we taught on the Sermon on the Mount, just with a few different things that have been on. And I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to recap anything tonight because it would take ages. We've been on this since January time. But pretty much, if you've missed any of it, the Sermon on the Mount is just Jesus the Messiah up a mountain teaching people and telling them what it means to be part of the messianic community, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be part of the church, and ultimately what it means to engage with the kingdom of heaven, because that's what he's just so desperate for. What Jesus did the whole way through it, and that's what we come to in this part at the end, Jesus is painting a picture that there is a choice for all of us. There's a choice. The whole way as we went through the Sermon on the Mount, every topic and every issue that he seemed to come to, Jesus was leaving people with a choice. Do you know that when you were created, you were created with a thing called free will, that you have the ability to be able to choose for yourself. God does not force himself on you, but you have the ability to be able to choose God for yourself. God and his love has chosen you and has poured out his love for you, but you have the, the ability to be able to choose that and to respond to it yourself. And as we went through it, Jesus kind of paints the picture. We call this almost like um, a two-option sort of thinking as you go through it. So again, not to take loads of time in this, but here's some of the things as we went through. So right from the start, there was the option of living like a Pharisee or living as a follower of Jesus, living as a hypocrite or living as a follower of Jesus, seeking after good treasure in your life or trying to build or looking after bad treasure, good eyes versus bad eyes, looking after or seeking after God or seeking after money. Um, the idea of anxiety versus seeking first the kingdom of God. The Broadway, so the last few times that we were on this, we looked about how Jesus starts to round it up, but the Broadway versus the narrow way. Listen, this, you need to realize this, it's a choice. What we're not saying in that is that God doesn't set you on a Broadway or an hour. You have a choice. These are both choices that lie before you. Good tree versus bad tree, the fruit that's produced in your life or not produced in your life, it's a choice. You have a choice. God chooses and wills it for you, but you have a choice. He will not impose that. And then finally, what he's saying tonight, you have a choice either to do or not to do what he's calling you to do. It's a choice. God and his love gives us a choice. And Jesus is making it clear how you respond to this. And this is the bit why the wee song that we sing in Sunday school and all this sort of stuff, while it was fun. This is ultimately what Jesus is saying. In the room tonight, sitting here listening to these words, we have two people. You have someone that's wise, and you have someone that's a fool. Tonight, you're one of two people. You're either wise or you're a fool. You're either living in a wise way, living into wisdom, or you're living foolishly. It doesn't have to be in every single area of your life, but it might be in certain areas of your life you, may, you might be living foolishly. It's the wisdom of God that he wants to reveal to us. The book of Proverbs paints this picture. It talks about a wise man and a foolish man and all these sorts of things. Because you see, it's one thing to choose Jesus as Savior, but it's another thing to choose him as Lord. Choosing him as Lord means that we're prepared to follow him in everything. Whatever the choice, whatever the situation, we will always choose Jesus and his ways. And so this picture that Jesus gives us in this parable he talks about someone who's building their lives in something sure, something certain. He talks about a rock. And Jesus says this, when they face storms, the battering of the things around them, when stuff's coming against them, that they're immovable because the foundation that they're built on is, is the rock. If, if, you've been about, if you've been about Emmanuel, um, and if you've ever come to an Emmanuel wedding, you'll hear Phil talk about two things. 
Uh, and one of them is always a rainbow. I was, I was actually showing Phil a picture of a rainbow this morning on my phone because I knew it would float his boat. Uh, I'd taken a, a photograph of one yesterday. Um, in recent years, one of the things that Phil always talks about is this. Let me get the picture of it. Is this. This is a thing called, it's a lighthouse in America down the Oregon coast called Terrible Tilly. And Phil always tells this story. He could probably tell it much better than I could. Um, but this, this lighthouse, and if you look at some of the old photographs or some of where, where it was built years, years ago and where it was positioned, it was right beside the coastline in the Oregon coast. But what has happened is, as the waves and the wind have, have battered this coastline over the years through the process called weathering, the coastline has retreated, it has regressed, it has moved back. But terrible Tilly, the lighthouse hasn't moved. It has been immovable because what it's built on is a foundation of basalt. And as it's been built on it, it hasn't been affected by what's coming against it and what's around it. This is the picture that Jesus has given. This is the firm foundation. And yet on the other side, what Jesus tells is a picture of someone who builds their life on sand. If you've ever been to the beach, you know that just a little wave carries sand with it. It doesn't take much to move sand when it comes to water. And this is what Jesus is saying. So this is what he's trying to get at. What is the foundation that's in your life? And so... As I said, looking ahead, closing off this Sermon on the Mount, but looking ahead, when we talk about vision next week, one of the things that we really want to ask is, how can we lay a foundation in our lives individually, but in our body corporately that we can call each other to and hold each other to, that we're saying, this is what we want to build our lives on. This is what we want to go after, because as we build our lives on this, this is the thing that means that we are immovable. Now, I know and it's pretty clear and it's pretty obvious that the rock in this parable is Jesus. We get that, right? So Jesus is saying, if you build your life on the foundation of him, you would be immovable. We get that. But one of the things that I want to ask is when it comes to this, the lay of foundation of Jesus in your life from the parable and the story that Jesus teaches, just two things really simply I just want us to look at. And again, these are stuff, this isn't rocket science. This is stuff you've probably heard before. But I would just love to ask you to really examine your heart tonight and to ask yourself, are you living a life that you would consider yourself wise in these ways or foolish? Because that's, that's all it is. There's no middle ground. Are you someone that's living a life that you consider yourself wise or you consider yourself foolish? So the first thing when it comes to laying a foundation is this, how you hear is really crucial. What you hear is really crucial. So this is what Jesus has said in Matthew 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine, it's really important. So again, way back in January, February time when we started this series, right back at the start of the Sermon on the Mount, the cultural context of this, Jesus, and there's a crowd standing before him. Jesus is encountering them. But Jesus, what he does, as he sees many of the issues that they're facing, Jesus climbs a mountain. This is the place that Jesus climbs time and time again to get alone with the Father. And Jesus goes up the mountain. And what happens is for the people who are standing listening to Jesus, they, they follow him up the mountain. As Jesus goes up, people follow him up the mountain. There are people who have gone up there with a wrong intention or a wrong motive. So for the likes of the Pharisees and the scribes, the reason why they've gone up is because they want to try and catch Jesus out. They want to be skeptical about his words. But there are many people who have gone up there because they are desperate. They're intentional about wanting to hear the words of Jesus. They've recognized that the words of Jesus are almost like Peter would say, the words of life. But the thing is, Jesus Regardless of their intention or why they're there, Jesus speaks to both of them. 
And Jesus is saying, everyone who hears these words of mine. And what I would love to say tonight, whatever your reason for coming to church, you're very welcome, as Grant has said at the start, you're very welcome to be here. But whatever your reason or your intention for being here, one of the things that I want you to recognize and understand is that, well, you might have switched off. That's okay. Well, it's not okay, but you know what I mean. If you're listening to this tonight and if you're hearing this tonight, what I am saying to you is that as you come to church, each Sunday as you come to church, whether it's morning or evening, and you sit under the teaching of the Word of God, you're hearing the Word of God being spoken. And when you hear the word of God being spoken, there's something that you have to do with this. This is why Jesus is saying, everyone who hears this word of mine, and I hope that that's something that brings you life. But what I would love to ask is, over and above a Sunday, over and above a church gathering, how do you posture yourself or position yourself in such a way that you're constantly and frequently hearing what the Lord is saying to you? There are many other voices. There are many other people who want to speak into your life. How are you hearing what the Lord wants to say to you? I love, I love coming to church. I love this morning sitting listening to Phil teaching. But if that's all I get this week is what this man taught me, as amazing as it was, I feel that I'm selling myself short. I feel that I'm not living into positioning myself and building a firm foundation in my life because I want God to be part of my life in every area of my life. I want to hear what he's saying to me about every area of my life. And so you have a responsibility in your life to start asking yourself, how are you hearing God intentionally for yourself? This is the choice that is for you. No one can do that for you. It's a choice that you have. How are you listening to God in your life? How are, how are you hearing him? If you were here on Sunday morning pass at our family service, um, just I shared this very briefly at the end, but I was saying that when I was on holidays, one of the things I did when I was on holidays, I, I brought a whole load of books, and you know what it's like, you bring five books and you only read about half of one of them uh, with you. And because uh, well, what I had done was just, I, I, love reading, I love reading the stories of David. And, and so this, this year when we were on holidays, I, I read one, first and second Samuel and a bit of Kings, just back to back. Just, I, I love reading the stories of David. He's, it's my name. <laughs> But more than that, it's kind of like a hero of faith. I love, because there's certain things about David that he just did so well, he did so right, and I love learning. And yet there were many things that David did wrong, and I love to learn how he dealt with things when he did, did things wrong. And one of the things when I was reading the story of David, there just seemed to be this line as I was reading it, it just caught me. There was this line that came up time and time again. And it was just this. It simply said this, and David inquired of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord. So what actually happened was that from Second Samuel, or sorry, from First Samuel chapter twenty-three, there's each of the references through to Second Samuel chapter five. There's eight times that it either says this line directly or it makes reference to David actually doing it. David inquiring of the Lord. And some of those times, so that you know, some of those times that David actually talks about or we're told about David inquiring of the Lord. So some of them were, um, and like one of them was in the midst of war. David's going through some, some tough times. Then have you ever find that that's the time you usually inquire of the Lord when you're going through something tough, <laughs> some really hard things? David was inquiring of the Lord. What was happening as well is that there were some people who were trying to influence David out of a place of fear. They had so many worries, and they were trying to tell David to do something. And David, rather than being led by people's voices, David inquired of the Lord. David thought, no, I'm going to ask the Lord for this one. 
Another time, so the last two that we have here, Second Samuel chapter 5, David had inquired of the Lord about this, the Philistines had come against him in war. And God had told David what to do. David went ahead and, and defeated the Philistines. But what happens in the next one in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22, it's we're told the Philistines come again. And David, you would think to yourself, David could have had the right to think, well, God's already told me how to defeat them, so we'll just go and do it again. But he doesn't do it. David inquires afresh. He constantly wanted to hear. He wanted to inquire of the Lord. Not just a, not just a one-off. Like So I'd be thinking to myself, right, well, Phil's already told me this morning what to do, so I don't need to hear from the Lord the rest of the week. It was a constantly inquiring afresh. But then what happened, right, was that as I read it, because this had started to catch my attention, I started to look out for it more and more and more. And the thing that happens is from 2 Samuel chapter 5 through to 2 Samuel chapter 21, we don't read about David inquiring of the Lord. And what starts to happen is that David starts to follow people that, around him that he trusts. So then if you have good friends and family that you love chatting to about things, it's good to have good friends and family you can chat to about things. But what happened was David, there were people in David's life that started to influence him. So for example, his sons started to influence him, started to tell him certain things to do. Not with the best intentions because one of his sons actually wanted to steal the throne from him. He had, a, he had a great friend, comrade called Joab. He was the captain of his army. He was giving David advice. And he had the best intentions, but it wasn't the right advice. And David was following it. He followed his sons and he followed Joab. And he didn't inquire of the Lord. And what we actually see is that David's kingdom started to fall apart. All because he wasn't inquiring of the Lord. The inquiring of the Lord, you see, was what made David a man after God's own heart. This is what we're told in the book of Acts. I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. You see, there's a major difference. While David listened to his friends, listened to people he trusted, there's a major difference between what you hear directly from God and what you hear from friends and family. What was different about David and the king before him, King Saul, Saul never really ever inquired of the Lord. Saul wanted, here's what happened with Saul. And this is why this is so relevant to what's going on in our culture and society today. See, with all the issues that we're talking about, we're going to be praying into tomorrow night, there are many people who will want to strongly influence you. This is what happened with Saul. Saul wanted to fit in. He didn't want to disappoint people. He rarely inquired of the Lord, but not David. And when David did stop inquiring of the Lord, things started to go wrong. The kingdom, as I said, started to fall apart. And this is crucial. Inquiring of the Lord and hearing from the Lord is one of the most firmest way of building a foundation for you in your life. So I want to ask you this, and without sounding like really religious, but how frequently do you hear from the Lord when it comes to the Word? Because this, this is the primary way that you're going to hear God for yourself in your life. It's great that you have someone that can come and can teach you from it on a Sunday, but God wants to encounter and engage you in your life day and daily from it. The Word of God is crucial for you. In fact, listen to what it says in 2 Samuel chapter, or 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul to Timothy says this. This is the Passion Translation of the Scripture. Every Scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature, and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. One, one thing I would love to say, particularly, I, 
I feel that even as we pray into some of these things, that we will pray for them tomorrow night. I feel that this is just start of many of these times because we are in end times as more and more things start to come against us. One of the things you need to never be surprised of is as more and more stuff comes against you. And as more and more things come against us, one of the things that I think it's really crucial for us in our stance as Christians is this. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian and a follower of Christ, and I want to be gracious when I say this, and I fully believe this, and I've got to say this to myself, you cannot take a stance on an issue unless you're hearing it from God. Otherwise, it's just your own opinion and possibly not his. You cannot take a stance on an issue. Take a, now, hear me on this. Of course, you can have your opinion, your point of view. But if you're calling yourself a Christian, you're saying, as a Christian, this is what I believe. You cannot take a stance on an issue unless you're hearing it from God. Otherwise, it's just your opinion. It might not be his. So when it comes to issues like abortion, as we pray for tomorrow night, same-sex marriage as well, young people and older people, but I see it with our younger generation, are being bombarded with cultural thoughts of today's society. And what happens is like the parable, unless it's on a firm foundation, many are getting swept away and swept along in the current of what's actually being said by society. Is it based on a firm foundation of what God is saying in the Word? This is crucial. And you see, even from, this is where the church, I think, sometimes has got it wrong because the church comes sometimes across as the religious legalistic side as well. They just want to shout and tell people how they're wrong. And why it's so important, and this is why it's so crucial for you in your discipleship and your own personal journey with the Lord, it's up for you to examine your own heart before the Lord, and it's up for you to inquire of the Lord for yourself what is right or wrong in some of these issues. Not to be led by religious people of the day, and not to be led by your friends and society of the day. Inquire of the Lord for yourself. This is what it means for you to grow in these things. So yeah, if you're a Christian here tonight... Don't, don't tell us your firm opinion on anything unless you've gleaned it from the Word. Because that's when you know it's from God. Similar to David, more than ever, we need to be a people who inquire of the Lord. And I would say, and so I'm speaking to myself, it's my responsibility to seek the Lord for myself. It's your responsibility as a believer to seek the Lord for yourself. And this is part of what it means. So going back to what I said at the start, sorry, not me, but Jesus this is part of what it means to either be wise or be a fool. Said so it's really it's great to be able to say that Jesus is your savior, but if we're saying Jesus is Lord, it's crucial in this. Two verses before we move on to the next point. I read this last Sunday as well. Isaiah fifty-five. God says this through the prophet Isaiah. This is what He says to the children of Israel: For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we, we quote this verse, I'm like, God, you're so much greater than me, you're so much smarter than me, and you're, you're way up there, and I'm not. You know what, you're right, he is, he's God, he's above all things. But actually, this, this was a rebuke that God was giving the children of Israel. God was saying to the children of Israel, my ways are so much higher than yours, and they shouldn't be. My thoughts are so much higher than yours, and they shouldn't be, because I've declared my ways to you, I've revealed my ways to you, I've given you the law for you to follow, and yet my ways are so much higher than yours. And this is what we're actually told in Philippians chapter 2, let the same mind of Christ be in you. 
We can have the same mind of Christ living and dwelling within us. But how do we have the mind of Christ and the firm foundation is through this. We allow Jesus to teach us. That's why we're saying we want to follow him. That's why part of what we'll go into when it comes to Vision Sunday, we're going to look at how do we follow Jesus in all of life? How do we lay the foundation of saying, Jesus, we want to go after you? And this is why the whole way through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it first. So the firm foundation isn't crucial. Let me just move on to this. How you hear, and then finally what Jesus is saying, and this just really simply is your willingness to follow. Jesus makes it clear it's important that you hear. But again, with the whole choice thing, if, if you hear, you have a choice. God never forces. So if you hear, you have a choice. So in, in grace, we would say this. Of course, when it comes to issues like likes of abortion, same-sex marriage, everyone has a choice. Everyone has a choice. And God wants to speak something to you. What I would encourage you firstly is hear what God's views are on it for yourself. And when you hear God's views, you have a choice. But yet Jesus is saying this. Listen to what he says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. It's really simple, right? So if you want, if you're hearing God, it's a pretty wise thing to do. And if you're not hearing God, it's a pretty foolish thing to do. If you're hearing God and you're doing what God's telling you, it's a very wise thing to do. But if you're hearing God and you're not doing what God's telling you to do, it's pretty foolish. If you're digging your heels in and saying, God, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do, it's foolish, is what God is saying. The whole idea of doing the will of God and what we understand by, is what we understand by this term, righteousness. It sounds like a big religious word to use, but the idea of righteousness is simply this. There's two Greek words. I don't know how to pronounce them. There they are. But what they mean is a term describing behaviors that conform to the will of God. It's what Jesus is saying. If we do the will of God, it means that we're following him, we're going after him, and all these things. The only way to do this, to build this firm foundation, is if you're willing to listen and you're willing to obey. I got to tell myself this. This is what I have to do as a follower of Jesus. I can share this with you generally. But even this, over these last number of months, I've just felt like the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, as I've read the Word, but just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit just in certain things in my life. And I shared it with a couple of friends recently just for accountability. I was just like, I just want held accountable in this because I'm starting to sense God just really, the conviction of God has just said into this. Friend, another friend last week with me in church spoke to me about this. I said, David, listen, I've seen this in your life and called me. I love when people say that to me. I love when people in grace and in love will be able to tell me certain things I've seen in my life because we can all spot each other's blind spots. We can all help one another in those ways. And then there was someone else who came and spoke a prophetic word directly into that issue. Now, here's the thing. I have friends that I spoke it to. I have some friends that spoke it to me and I have someone that prophetically declared it. And I have an option. I have a choice. Do I listen to God and do what he says? Or do I just ignore it? And really what it means is I've got two options. I'm either going to be wise or I'm going to be a fool. Simply what it is. To live righteous is to live into the ways of God. And so let me ask you this question. How teachable are you? How teachable are you? You can be so stuck in your ways. You can be so stuck in your ways. You think, I know how to do these sort of things. Or this is the way I've always done it. 
How teachable are you? What is your foundation like? The thing is, loads of people, loads of people love the thought of building a nice house. And work will tell you this better than anyone. What some people don't really think about is the foundations that the house is built on. People have got a, a budget for the house set aside. And when work comes and says, listen, your soil quality's not great. We need to do some work on this and we need to put about a third of your budget in to sort the foundations. People are thinking, well, that's just a stupid. <laughs> we don't need to do stuff like that. I've saved all that money for a fancy kitchen or for whatever it might be. And work will tell you this. If the foundations aren't right, what's built above it's never going to last. If the foundations are right, what's built above it's never going to last. And so the foundation that we want to call each other to is just simply this. We want to just be people who just hear what Jesus is saying. This is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And this season, as we go into it as a church, we're going to hold each other to it more than ever before. I want this to be a church together. All of us is what we want to be. We're calling each other to it. We want to be a church that if we spot the signs and weaknesses in each other's lives, we will speak the truth in love. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians 4, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is what we want to go into. Last couple of passages just to look at our verses. And with this, then we're just going to pray and just worship before we finish. Like the parable, like the parable, if what comes against you is stronger than what you stand on, you will get swept away. So when it comes to, I, I, don't, I don't judge anyone for their viewpoint at all. We can't. But if, if you're not certain of, of your viewpoint of what God is saying, you'll just get swept away. If you're not certain of your viewpoint of what God is saying, you'll just get swept away. If the foundation isn't strong, you'll get carried along by what society and culture are saying. There's going to be much more than this that will come against us. So this is what James would say. Well-known passage in James 1. Let me just read this and one other passage and that's just finished. So let's just read this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to, get, slow to anger. Let me just pause on that before we move on. So this is what he's firstly saying. Don't be so quick to talk about your thoughts, your beliefs, be slow to speak, or quick to hear, and slow to speak. So it's okay to talk about what you believe, but hear from God first. Hear from God first. So be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word. Listen, that idea of meekness is that there's just a gentleness. When the Lord speaks, it's not as if you're fighting back against it and digging your heels in. It's, if, it's God, if that's what you're saying, accept it. God, if that's what you're saying and telling me to do, accept it because I want to follow you. Because this is what is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away as at once, forgets what he was like. 
but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no, no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Listen to this. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their afflictions, so to look after the needs of people who have needs. And then this, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. <laughs> this, is, this is religion that is pure and undefiled before the Father. To keep oneself unstained from the world. You aren't stupid for speaking out a different point of view. It's okay to be different from people around you because you are different. It's who you are as a Christian. This is my last reference is what Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. It's, it's going to be like what we said a number of weeks ago. It's that narrow path. It's not as easy as just going with everyone else. You should feel the cost of it. You can either be cool and current, or you can be Christ-like. It doesn't mean we shout and demand something different to society, but in love we show a different way, the Jesus way. And as we bring this to conclusion, maybe Claire and the guys want to come up. This is simply what Jesus says. Either wise or we're a fool. Either wise or we're a fool. We have a choice. And so next week, as we start in Division Sunday, this is why we want to say, as a church, we want us all together to live lives that are wise in the eyes of God. We want to commit ourselves together in our journey and our discipleship with the Lord. We want to give ourselves to follow Jesus in every way possible. We want to be people who hear from the Lord frequently. We want to be people that don't just hear but follow what he says. And that in all these things, that as we build a foundation upon Christ and upon his word and upon his ways, that he will lead us through the storms. Because this, this isn't a prophetic word of doom, but we will face many, many hard, hard things in the days ahead. And if we're not prepared and we're not prepared to build on a firm foundation of following after Jesus day and daily, we are going to get swept away. The words of Jesus... Let me go back to my first page and read it. Listen to what Jesus says. And anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. So this is what he says. This is what he's referring to about some of the things that will come against us. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And listen to what he says. And great was the fall of it. The Bible tells us this is how we overcome the enemy, the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. The enemy just wants us to fall. And what I would love us to do just as a response to this, just in a couple of different ways, I would just love for us, we're not going to take time to reflect on this, by the way, but more than ever, this is the, these are the questions we've been doing the whole series, we just need to be asking time and time again, but I would just love tonight just to respond a couple of ways. Firstly, why don't we just bow our heads, can we, tonight, just for one wee second?
There are some individuals in the room that there are different life circumstances that you're journeying through at the moment. That either you haven't inquired of the Lord, you haven't heard what God is saying, you know, but I think, I think more than that, I think that there are people in the room tonight that there are certain circumstances that you're going through that you know that it's not the Lord's will for you. And I think it's around issues to do with relationships. I think it's issues to do with family, work, finance. But I think for some people in the room, I would just love, just while, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I would just love that tonight, if you're sensing something that the Holy Spirit has been really, you felt the conviction of the Spirit over the last while, but tonight you would just love to be a night of saying, God, I want to follow you. I've heard what you're saying. I don't want to act foolishly, but tonight I just want to live wisely before you. We're not asking you what that is. It's just between you and the Lord. I would just love you to stand so we can pray. leave it for a few more seconds if there's anyone else. some of our ministry team want to start moving just to pray with some people at the sea standing. Let me just pray for you guys firstly. Jesus, thank you that in your kindness, in your grace, you lead us into life. And I thank you for each person standing tonight, God, just in a, in, a, in a step of boldness, God, in a step of obedience tonight. God, I pray that this would be a moment, God, of stepping into new things in you, new things with you, Jesus. I thank you that you have spoken. I thank you that these are people here standing tonight to say that they have heard you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would give them um, the boldness in their spirits. The grace in their hearts and their minds. To follow you, Jesus, into the fullness of life that you have for them. God, and whatever these issues are, God, that are presenting themselves. And God, when the enemy would want to keep them locked up, to keep them trapped. God, I just pray that this would be a moment of freedom, God, and breakthrough in their lives. God, I pray that this is a, a no-going-back moment, God, in some of these areas, whatever they are. Commit them to you, Jesus. Before we, we sing, we're going to sing a song, I Will Build My Life, which obviously it ties in with, we just love that 
if you want to stand tonight just to say that this is what we want to do as we lean into this next moment. We are in, we are in perilous times, it seems, or insecure times. Phil said this morning, sometimes you don't want to turn on the news to see what's the next thing that is coming. And you know what? I just feel that tonight's a moment just to stand and say, Jesus, whatever comes at us, we want to stand on you. We want to stand on the foundation of you. We want to follow you. We want to live for you in all our ways. Bible says this, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so tonight if you want to stand and say it, I would love you to stand. We're going to just pray this together, that this is a commitment of saying, God, we want to stand for you. We want to follow you. We're asking you to lead us tonight. Thank you, Father. So, Jesus, would you lead us? Jesus, we want to follow you. Would you lead us? Thank you for the examples you've given us, you've left us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it speaks to us. Thank you that as believers, we are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that we don't have to try to do this in our own strength. This isn't about good living. This is spirit living. Right now, we pray, God, Lord, that you would just release, God, Lord, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us all. Father, that you would give us, God, all that we have and all that we need, God, to be able to step into these times, God, and to step through them. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're, you never leave and you never forsake. Thank you that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And God, whatever we face, God, I just pray, Lord, that even the words of James, God, may we be people that are quick to listen and slow to speak. God, help us more than anything, God, to be a people that hear you. God, give us, uh, give us hearts, God, that are resolute, almost like Daniel, God, Lord, that we are determined, God, in our hearts. We have a purpose in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves. But God, help us to be people, God, that hear from you, that know your will and know your ways in these days. And God, as you speak to us, would you lead us, God, into fresh pastures? Lead us into all that you have for us. God, raise up your church. May your church come alive, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit in these days. God, we do not say things, God, on our own ability and our own strength. We say things because of you. You are immovable. You are before all things. You are in all things, Jesus. Thank you that you are the name that is above every other name. And Jesus, you are in control. You are on the throne tonight. And we raise our hallelujah to you tonight. And we declare that we would be a people that would build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ alone. So lead us tonight, Holy Spirit. Lead us forward from this place, we pray. And be glorified in the worship we pray right now. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.